Has uh, has anyone uh, done much driving by our new police station up the street? Uh, <laughs> it's a good looking building, isn't it? You know, my favorite, but not, and when I say favorite, the part I hate is uh, like on the side of the building, like as you're turning from Foster and it's on Murfreesboro Road, right there's this just verse taken out of something, maybe context, and, uh, and it's on the side of the new police station and it's from Isaiah and it's like, and it's like who will go for us? says the Lord, you know, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it says, like, here I am, Lord, send me, you know, like, on the side of Metro National Police, like, headquarters. You can't make this stuff up, right? And you're like, you're like, oh, my word. And I've never been more, like, tempted to, like, vandalize a police station before. And, uh, you know... But it might, like, I, I've thought about it a lot, you know, it's like, if I get caught, you know, it's like, it's okay, I'm a pastor, you know. Like, oh, don't worry about it, out of context, you know, fixing some things. Yeah, yeah, so. We are recording. Okay, edit. Edit this recording. Uh, sometimes it's all too easy for us, uh, maybe especially those with power. Uh, to put the name of God on the things that we're doing. Uh, you know, we hear a lot of words, don't we? Anybody here hear a lot of words? It's almost like words are everywhere. We hear more words. Taylor hears a lot of words. We hear more words today uh, than we really ever have at any point in history, right? They're just coming at us uh, from all corners. Words, words, words. And, uh, and usually they they're have something to do with, with trying to convince us of, some, of something or sell us something or trying to make us do something, uh, right? They're, they're just everywhere. Uh, literally right now, you're sitting in the room listening to more words, right? You came for it. Uh, here we are. And, um, you know, and, and there's someone out there right now. Uh, there's a group of people sitting around a table uh, right now in New York trying to figure out better words uh, of how to, to get you to buy more Cinnabon. You know, like, I mean, the, this conversation is having is happening right now all across the world, uh, right? Uh, how to form our words uh, to, make, to make you guys do something. Uh, and so, you know, we get pretty good, uh, I think, in our culture and our time at hearing and being able to hear words, uh, but also being able to, to ignore them. Uh, right to just let them sort of like come in one ear and go out another uh, right I think it sort of comes with the turf as we hear more and more and more uh, words and so meanwhile it becomes a little bit easier um, in fact I think to to find the things that you do want to hear and the things that you do want to do right to hear those words and be like yeah I can I'll take that one you know and so we sort of package whatever whatever we want around our lives and then uh, contrarily, uh, the, the words that would call us to, to any sort of semblance of sacrifice or, or difficulty, right? Well, those words are much more easier to ignore, right? Because there's just so many words. We can just sort of pick and choose uh, which ones we want. Uh, and so this is honestly why I love Facebook, uh, right? Because Facebook, 
Man, it's, it's almost like it's a bunch of words, right? Uh, honestly, I'm disappointed that there's not more faces on Facebook than, you know, I feel like it's just a word book. It's a, you know, I'm a little disappointed. But um, <laughs> I don't know who reads those. But uh, anyway, so Facebook is like our means of being activists in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're an activist, you have a really good Facebook, you know? It's like uh, we, we do this all the time. Like I do this, you know? It's like. You know, you better believe I'm like, you know, an activist on Facebook. I'm like posting stuff that are that's gonna change the world. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you guys and your one-time use plastic straws. You know, like be ashamed. You know, like you should be digitally angry at this uh, right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so we're just posting all this stuff. Like, shame on this oil company for ruining the oceans and killing the coral and you know we're just posting this stuff and, and it's almost like the more we uh, the more likes we get and the more angry faces we get it's like the more good we're doing in the world you know because that's how that works um you know it, that's how it works um some of you guys may have seen a, a post that was floating around after uh, after the El Paso shooting, and there was a, there was a Facebook post from someone who lives in the lower valley of El Paso, uh, and he he wrote this, and I thought it was I thought it was really good. He said, "Unless he says, church, do not pray for El Paso unless it is a prayer of personal action, unless you are willing to change yourself." Do not offer any words on our behalf unless you are willing to beat your guns into plowshares, unless you are willing to call your congressman, call your neighbor and invite them to your table to join your active prayer for justice. If you have no such prayers to offer, listen. Listen to the heart of God. Listen to the cries for justice. Listen to the actual cries of mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. The simple fact of the matter is, nowhere else in the world does this happen. Literally nowhere. Not even in the places you are afraid of immigrants arriving from. Nowhere. There are many solutions, but nothing will change unless you change. Pray only if you are willing to lay down your own guns, literally and figuratively. May God ask this of you. Peace and love, Andrew of the Lower Valley of El Paso. Man, my word. I could sit down with that Facebook post, but I won't. Um, Matthew 21 is our text today. It's in your handout, um, I think. And we're jumping into the text, and this is, so I know you guys are like, Matthew, for real, because we just did like six months of Matthew, but we missed this one, so we had to go back and grab it. Um, But this happened uh, after... Uh, right after Jesus uh, comes on Palm Sunday, he, we call Palm Sunday, he rides in, donkey style, and uh, it cleanses the temple, <laughs> and uh, stop it, <laughs> and, okay, here we go, verse 23, when he entered the temple, Jesus that is, The chief priests and elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? So authority is kind of a big deal 
and Matthew sort of like brings this uh, he's kind of uh, forming something for us uh, so uh, but he, he, yeah we'll kind of come back to that but uh, Jesus said to them I will also ask you one question right if you tell me the answer so this is like almost like a little bit of Monty Python moment here um, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin and they argued with one another if we say from heaven he will say to us why then did you not believe him but if we say of human origin we are afraid of the crowd for all regard John as a prophet and so they answered Jesus uh, we do not know and he said to them neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things a little bit of sassiness um, so it's interesting that the, uh, the the Pharisees who are here um, that we kind of see later on even though it doesn't say in this text and the chief priests and the elders so they're there and they're trying to figure out what's interesting is they don't like you don't even you see like their thought you kind of get it in on their conversation but what their conversation is about is not about like giving their honest answer right <laughs> it's about like how to keep their egos intact right and then this is what they're like trying to figure it out and uh okay verse 28 uh what do you think i love this this is like this is like one of my favorite parables by the way it's short precise it's like we all connecting here what do you think a man had two sons he went to the first and said son go and work in the vineyard today he answered i will not but later he changed his mind and went the father went to a second and said the same and he answered I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? So if you notice, so uh, right prior to this, they uh, they respond, we do not know. Uh, so this is kind of a pretty common response, actually, from teachers back in the day, or rabbis, right? They could just say, no, we don't know. Like, we never do that anymore, right? Um, but, uh, so Jesus says, and he prefaces this, what do you think? So he's He's challenging. He's making them answer something. And uh, he says, oh, which of the two sons did the will of the father? And they said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. It's the word of the Lord. Uh, and so as it goes, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they're like trying to trap Jesus. But like you do when you try to trap Jesus, you get trapped. And, um, and so they're sort of stuck here in this moment. And he says, what do you think? Uh, and their response, right, is their self-condemnation uh, that sort of comes back on them. And so, and if you look back in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, you can see that the Pharisees are actually going out into the wilderness also, and they're listening to John the Baptist, right? And But they they hear and they see, but they do not change. But yet the, the prostitutes and the tax collectors, all these other people who were opposed to the Torah, right? Well, they changed. They repented. They were baptized, right? Uh, it says they're entering the kingdom ahead of you. Uh, and so, uh, so a couple of Fridays ago, 
David was doing some work for me, and maybe it's too bitter too soon, you know, but I think it's a funny story. Uh, so he's like, got the truck, got the trailer, and he's way out in the middle, let me tell you, way out in like Lebanon, like where we never, like we never haul that far out, hardly ever. And inevitably he's on his way back, and it's just full of stuff, and the tire blows out, right, in the trailer, and it's like, ah, oh, snap. And uh, he calls me, he's like, man, what's the game plan? And I'm like, oh, jeez. Uh, walk, you know, I don't know. Uh, no, uh, but, and I was like, of course we don't have a spare tire, and for whatever reason, because we're planners, there's no jack in the truck, right? You know, and I was like, oh snap, he's way out there, and I've got the kids, and I was like, oh shoot. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm like, oh, Lord, send somebody help David. We need, he needs some help. And I hang up the phone, thinking about it. Like a minute later, I get a text message from this guy that we do work for like all the time. And I'm, and he's like, hey man, you broke it down on the side of the road? And I'm like, what? And cause it's like way out there, you know? And on, on the side of the interstate, by the way. And he's like, yeah, I'm stuck in traffic going the other way and I see you in your truck over there. And I'm like, oh, that's not me, that's my friend David. He's, he's stuck, he doesn't have a jack. He really just needs a jack, like he's, he's stuck there. And um, he's like, oh man, I thought that was you. This guy looks just like you. And I was like, I was like, I was like thank you, thank you. Uh, and uh, no, it's my son. Uh, and and uh, anyway, no. Um, he's like, I'm like, yeah, he's just broken down. He just need, like, he really just needs a jack, like. Yeah, I know. And he's like, oh, man. Like, I would totally help, but I'm like an hour late already for this thing I've got to get to. Yeah, I know. And so he's like, good luck. And, uh, <laughs> you know, literally, we did some work for this guy like two days ago. I'm like, you do brownie. And uh, anyway, uh, so it, it was almost like this moment. You know what I'm saying? It, it was almost like this moment. It's like, you're, you were the guy. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like, like, you, you you were the one, like you were supposed, you were the one, you like, you, you were there and you were supposed to stop and you didn't, like you were supposed to go, but you didn't go, uh, you know, it was like this moment. And, and then I, I got off with him and, uh, and I was like, man, who else, who else is down that way? And finally I realized, oh, my other friend like lives down that way, who he like hauls like we do, he's a real cool guy. And I'm like, oh man, he lives down that way now. And so, and, and literally the scenario has happened where I have like shown up on the side of the road to help this guy before. Yeah, and, uh, and I was like, oh, dude, if he's around, he'll help. And I, and I call him and I get him on the phone. And he's like, man, I got three more yards to cut tonight and, and all this stuff. And sure, he's busy and all that stuff. And I think he did call. Uh, but uh, anyway, and, and, and the funny thing is, like, really, every car uh, going down the interstate, like, except for us apparently, has like a jack, like, in their, in their trunk, <laughs> you know? And so you end up with just this kind of funny moment. I think Ruth and Anthony actually came to the rescue like a boss is. Uh, mostly Ruth. I think Anthony was just there. <laughs> I don't know the story, but uh, no, I don't know. I helped like that. Yeah, he helped with the lug nuts. Uh, so anyway, um, it's just kind of like this, uh, you know, tr truth is, I think, that we're all like, we're all late for something, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you get in your car and turn it on and grab the wheel and push the gas, you're like going somewhere. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you're already going somewhere. Uh, and, and so, like we're we're all late for something. We all we all got somewhere to be, right? Um, we all have an excuse why we can't help or why we can't go uh, this morning, right? Uh, raise your hand this morning if uh, this is kind of a fun poll. Sometimes we do this, you know. Uh, <laughs> raise your hand this morning if you're a good person. How about that? Just throw it up. <laughs> hey, we don't need liars. We need truth tellers. Thank you, Zach Pond. Thank you, Taylor. David, maybe. Good person. Good person. Uh, man, that was lame sauce. That's it. I'm building an altar. Uh, Emily said we didn't need altars. Well, here we go. We need uh, so. All right, let's try this. And then it worked. Uh, raise your hand this morning if you are not a good person. <laughs> All right, well, let's get together uh, later, I guess. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how, uh, you know, it's interesting how most folks are just kind of like good folks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, most, most folks are just kind of good folks. And uh, it, I, I think it's always kind of funny how we find ourselves measuring, typically in society, if we are good people or not. We're good or not. Uh, we usually measure this by what we're not doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't, you know, uh, how many times I've heard this. You know, when you're a pastor, people say things. And it's usually a confession. And uh, and you usually didn't want to know any of it. Yeah, no, but they're just like, they, it, you know, just, anyway. Uh, but it's usually like, you know, I don't, I don't drink. And I don't smoke. And I hadn't killed anybody, so... I'm a good person, you know. <laughs> it's like because it, it, that's how that works, you know. Uh, or, or like, like I don't, I don't let my kids hit each other, or you know, I don't curse around my kids. I don't let my kids watch violence on television too much. So I'm a good parent, you know. Uh, that's that's you know. Or, or like, I, I don't listen to Madonna or Miley Cyrus or Nickelback, thus I'm a good listener. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's how that works. Um, you know, it's sort of a different criteria. I think it's funny how we, we tend to measure our goodness by what we don't do rather than measure ourselves by what we do do. Right? Look at someone this morning and say, what do you do do? Look at someone this morning and say, do do. I'm a Okay, all right, stop it. Stop, we're done. Uh, any, uh, any, any, um, that was a mistake. Yeah. Any, are there any coffee? Uh, anybody like coffee? Are there... Uh, only at Kaleo. Are there any coffee snobs here this morning? Represent. There are more coffee snobs here than good people. Yeah. <laughs> the coffee snobs are the good people. Just a different... Just a different breed. Um, I've, never, I've never understood... Right? How, and you know who you are. I, I've never understood how people can take one, like, pour a cup of coffee and then, like, three hours later, 
you're still drinking that same cup of coffee. You know you are. Like, it's disgusting. Like, um, you know, it, early in the morning, a hot cup of steaming coffee, freshly dripped, like, that's as God intended it to be, right? I mean, even, like, three in the afternoon, over some ice, like, I can deal with that on a hot day. But, like, two and a half hours later, you're still sipping on that thing. Like, it is... Wrong, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was gonna spit on somebody, but that didn't work. I was like, I'm, not, I'm gonna. I love Ben too much. But um, yeah, if Anthony over there is gonna get it. Lukewarm coffee is the worst. On that note, let's turn to Revelation chapter three. <laughs> Omg. Oh. <laughs> Only coffee drinkers understand it. By the way, I plan on writing a book that has to do with every biblical coffee reference. There's a lot. All right. Revelation chapter 3. Caleb read this. I'm going to read it again because Scripture deserves it. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, right? The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich of this. I have prospered and I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white robes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Verse 20. Listen, I'm standing at the door, knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me so good uh, you know that's like the same if you read Colossians it's like the same church um, because you're neither hot nor cold I'm about to spit you out of my mouth are you good this morning am I good how do we know whether we're good alright back to our other text Matthew chapter 7 Read some scripture today. BTW. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. 
A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So we're driving it home. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into, there's that word again, the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, all right, I'm going to pause here, catch up. All right, here we go. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Did we not go to church in your name? In your name, every week I listen to Way FM in your name. <laughs> then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Isn't this interesting? You can live your entire life Doing things in the name of the Lord. You can put the name of the Lord on the side of the Metro Nashville Police Headquarters, but it might just not matter, right? Unless you know the Lord. It's interesting. I never knew you. You can be saying a lot of things in the name of the Lord, but not be of the Lord. Verse 24, everyone then, by the way, there's a really, and every time I read this passage, I've tried to escape it, and I told myself I wouldn't talk about it, but there's a really great old song by Big Tent Revival. Oh, man, it's called Two Sets of Joneses. You guys should look it up. I'm not going to sing it. I might sing it, but I'm probably not going to sing it. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. I know you've heard sermons, old pastors, telling you how the foundation of a home exists. I'm not going to do that. We're just going to roll on. <laughs> the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who, build, who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, the sh hit the fan against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Are you with me? Verse 28, Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught as one having authority, not as their scribes. You can see why like, by the end of the gospel they're like where'd you get this authority you know it's like cause they didn't have it they're like where do you get that from so honestly i think it's a little scary this morning how many words we hear and how few words we act upon i think maybe the greatest temptation of our time is that we become numb that sometimes you hear so much, and there's just so much that, man, I mean, this is a nine on the Enneagram here. I just want to do nothing, you know. Um, sometimes I think we have to continually probe ourselves and ask ourselves whether we are just kind of net neutral here. Am I even hot or cold? You ever had conversations with, with someone before? 
and and by the end of it, you were like convinced that they've never actually considered whether they might not be a good person. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, odds are, if you've ever looked in the mirror, you've seen this person before at some point. You know, you guys will get that later. You know, I think we live in a time where we are. Uh, we, we've been afraid of like the wrong heresies uh, you know what I'm saying um, uh, we've been so afraid of like we've been so afraid of becoming like pantheists right uh, uh, that uh, naming all of nature and creation as, as divine or something uh, rather than we should, probably should have been afraid of, of Gnosticism because that's the one that got us you know <laughs> we separate we actually have separated our spirit and our body right this is my soapbox I talk about this like every time I preach but um, you know, it's 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 the one that that got us. That that the gospel has become this like a mental ascent, right? Jesus in my soul, Jesus in my heart. You know, like let's pray this prayer. That's what it's about. You know, it's like all this stuff. You know, one of the questions that comes up over and over again, ridiculously, uh, when you get to talking to other pastors and Christians around, um, you know, uh, climate change, uh, is is why should we get so distracted? with this planetary stuff when our primary goal here is to evangelize souls and to win souls for Jesus. You know, I'm, like, I'm like counting the words in my head that are found nowhere in the Bible, you know, and uh, oh gosh, it just drives me crazy. You know, our, our gospel has become this, this total like mental ascent, right? And we've totally missed the power of the incarnation that God came and he had hands, uh, right? Oof. But this is where a Gnostic gospel has left us, right? Uh, misunderstanding the good news has left us, I think, all too often in company with the Pharisees here in this text. And it's kind of like a hypocritical good news. Um, let's clear it up this morning a little bit. I think it's be fun if you're keeping notes. Three points. Here we go. It's not, if it's not good news for your body, you guys are like, he's, a whole new set of heresies about to happen. If it's not good news for your body, it's not good news for your soul. Number two. If it's not good news for your neighbor, it's not good news for your soul. Now we're cooking. Number three. I, I never do three points anymore. This, is, this feels so good. <laughs> if it's not good news... For all of creation, it's not good news for your soul. Nailed it. So good. Praise the Lord. Back in the text. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. This is key here. Even after you saw it, you did not change your minds, which is the word repent, and believe him. After you saw it, you still didn't change your mind. And this this is the ego, isn't it? I mean, this is this is this is what we're at war with here. This is what we're praying to be saved from, right? 
How is it that salvation for us, salvation for everyone in the whole world, still just hinges on us relinquishing our own egos? Just today, we stand and look out, and we see more. We see more mass shootings than ever at any other point in history, like right here where we live. There is more gun violence happening today, uh, you know, in, in this manner than we've ever seen. Everyone sees it. You can't miss it, you know. It's there, right? Everyone sees it. You see it. So how are we still more concerned with gun rights uh, than with the lives of our own children? Because we see it, right? We see it. We hear it. So why are we not changing? It doesn't make any sense. Right now, uh, Greenland, right? You guys have seen this, right? Greenland is melting, literally. Uh, it's lost more uh, ice on this year uh, in record and has already shed 250 billion tons. Like, you can't make this stuff up, right? We hear it. We literally see it. Like, it's right there. Like, the earth, we are warming the earth. There it is, right? So how are we not still changing the way that we live and the way that we vote and the way that we make policies? Like, it's right there. So why are we just all going around like zombies? Like, we hear it, we see it, right? The world is full of this stuff, and it scares the crap out of me why we see things, but we do not do things. Where, where this morning might you feel stirring? Specifically, I think we have to ask this question, right? Where has God called you to pull over on the side of the road to drop whatever you had going on? We've all got something going on. I mean, please, come on. Everyone's got something going on. Like, I've, there's, there's a list as long as my arm of things I'd rather be doing right now than planning a creation care song. You know what I'm saying? But something stirs within you. And sometimes there's things that you know you've got to do. Are you with me? Uh, that, that there's this holy discontent that bubbles up and God says, go. Are we going to let the police go in our stead, church? Hopefully not. Hijacking our scripture. We've got every reason in the world just to keep scrolling. You know what I'm saying? But if we continue this way, we will surely see our world and even our own souls washed away this morning. And so may you, may your ego die. May your I die so that the I am might live in you this morning. I want to close this morning. Uh, I would like to read this passage out of Isaiah uh, that we were talking about at the beginning to give a little context to where this actually comes from. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty. And the hem of his robe filled the temple. 
Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a burning live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. That we live in a time of history. We can open up a page. Lord, there's so much going on in the world. Lord, and we reflect on this uh, this morning, and maybe one of the temptations is to just fall into neutral despair. But we are here and we gather this morning. And this very gathering is a proclamation of hope that you are good. And that as we are in you, we become good. And that you drive us to bear good fruit, Lord. Lord, may we be pruned. May we be refined. May you take the tongs of life and press them against our lips. And may you call us to say and do something good in the world. In your name we pray. Amen.